All right, King G, Gennady, what's going on? It's uh, it's good to get you on. Um, I know people have probably heard your name recently, especially on the Aero yeah. Hawani show. Daniel Cormier was telling a story about Habib, and he mentioned you, and everybody's like, who is King G? Tell us, who is King G? All right, King G, I'll tell you a little story about myself. Like, So uh, I live in Moscow my whole life. I was born here and raised. Uh, I started wrestling. Uh, my dad brought me to uh, when I was like six, and so since then I was just training wrestling, and um, pretty much growing into like a, you know, mature person that I was, and then uh, you know, I started learning English by having a goal to go to U.S. and wrestle there, but uh, I, until that period, I was like 15, I think I didn't know anyone that who I know right now. And uh, then, you know, U.S. national team, where was King Mo, Daniel, and other people were coming to Russia for tournaments. And so I was speaking a little bit of English. And whenever they were coming, and they were visiting my gym, and we started hanging out with them because I was speaking English, pretty rare at my gym. So we just became buddies. And through years, we become closer and closer friends. And that's how we started pretty much. And that's how I met the whole U.S. national team. I was like their ambassador in Russia. So whenever, like there's many tournaments in Russia. So whenever they were coming, I was there like, a, I was just accepting here, take him to tours, take him to the hotel, like a train areas and everything. And I was like ambassador for them. And one of them was a Sean Bunch too. The Bunch of Great, training at the American uh, Kickboxing Academy with the Daniel right now very close friend of mine, and that's how it started. And then after Olympics, 2008, for Mo, he turned into MMA, and we already were close, because I knew him, I know him more like for 15 years. He's like my older brother to me. You know, we talk to him like every day, you know, ask him advice for life, you know, for training, how to like help people and stuff, because he has enough experience. Same with Daniel. And man, you know, then Daniel turned into MMA, because Omo told him, hey, Daniel, like, you know, after Olympics, when Daniel, you know, didn't make way because of the, you know, some uh, problems with the, you know, buddy. Um, then he turned to MMA and started, like, growing into it, growing into it. So, and uh, pretty much that's how it started, you know. I met Mo through and Daniel through, like, wrestling career in my, in my wrestling career early years. Then... I went to uh, United States to wrestling myself. So I was training with the U.S. national team in 2011, I think it was, in a world team camp in Colorado Springs. And with uh, Jordan Burroughs, where I met him, like uh, Brendan Slade, that was my coach in the U.S. who actually invited me there to train the Colorado Springs because I was helping a Team USA here. And we became very close, like uh, like uh, he was like older brother or like father to me, like close people. And he invited me to U.S., so that's why I went there. And then, you know, met like today, like uh, Kamari Usman, the very close friend of mine, the USA, UFC champ, like uh, Daniel, Teron Woodley, and um, many more because, you know, they were wrestling before. So I know them all because through year, three years in wrestling. We're just like a shared match in a wrestling wrestling room, you know. And now they're known as uh, superstars. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know it, it's kind of a crazy story, but you know not many people know that I'm like uh, 
I am who I am. I know who I know. But now we're sharing stories so people know more about that because, you know, there's untold stories like there. And then, you know, when Habib, actually, the story was Daniel because Habib, when he was just signing to UFC, not many people knew him from U.S., right? But I knew who Habib is. I know who his people, his close friends, because I was trained with him in wrestling. And we were talking to Mo, like, hey, Mo. I was like, I was like hey, Mo, did you see that Habib got signed to UFC? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that guy. And I was like, keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on him from the first, second fight when he was just pretty much dominating his fights. And uh, this is the story. I told Mo, hey, this guy is a beast. You got to find a place for him, man. Like, I tell him, Mo, bring him to AKA because this is the best place. Back then, there was Luke Rockhold, Daniel Cormier, Cam Velasquez, King Mo, like pretty much champs. Mo was Triforce champ back then. So four champs in the same gym. I was like, bring Khabib there. And then somehow they got connected, got in contact. Because Khabib was, a like Daniel said, like a fan of King Mo because everybody knew Mo from, from Russia because he was just all like crown and uh, all these entrances. And Mo got in contact and like a Daniel saying, Khabib, like come to AKA, come to AKA, start bringing him into it. And then he finally came in. But he wasn't speaking English like Daniel saying. And it's kind of great to see how he developed his English uh, like a level right now. So he can communicate with the people giving interviews, which is a hard problem for Russian people. Fighters coming into UFC, I think, you know, when they're just getting signed. But their English is not good, right? So you people cannot talk to like you, just me talking, like Habib giving interviews to different people. It's kind of like a little bit problem, but... He did a great job learning English right now, you know. Yeah, he's uh, his English is phenomenal, you know, and especially he has that little Russian, like, little Russian style of English, which makes it even right. better. It's almost like a, a villain, you know, like a like in a James Bond movie, right? Right, right, right. Because he's just, you know, it makes him a little bit special mm-hmm. because his personality, where he was from, and now the people like he speaks a little bit different. He speaks multiple Englishes, as I heard. I mean, languages like a Turkish, Arabic, like Dagestan, like Russian, English. He's like speaking five languages, I think. Habib was training in New Jersey first, right? So did you take him to New Jersey? Nah, he went to New Jersey, I think, from uh, when he got signed to UFC. He, he uh, I think he was his first manager, forgot his name, the Russian, tra- like living in the U.S. right now. I think he was his first manager. That's where Habib people contacted him. And I think he helped Khabib to get to UFC. But then, you know, uh, since I talked to Mo, because Mo had a lot of, like, uh, not a knowledge, like, uh, know a lot of people in UFC, in uh, Bellator, Strikeforce, in the whole world of MMA. He can talk to people. Mo is a friendly person, like you know, like I tell you, man. He's a great people, first of all, instead of great fighter. You know, he's a great person. Ask anybody at every gym in the U.S. if he's not friend with Mo, you know. When people come into Russia and Mo tell them, hey, there's a guy, King G, he can help you in Russia if you need the help. So I help people, I help fighters because of the friend of Mo. And I tell you what, there's many of them. So the the process of Habib going to AKA is you, Mo, and then basically when he got there, it's uh, DC because DC became the guy that kind of put him, took him under his wing, right? Right, because me and Mo, 
we're like I said, we're close. And uh, I told Mo, hey, if you got any chance to get Habib there, contact him. Because I know Habib people, and we were here in Russia. I was wrestling with them. And I told them, like, hey, if Habib gets somewhere, you know, you they got to find a good place for him. Like, Jersey is a great place, but there's even greater places to train with a bunch of other people. But, yeah, that's how it was. I told, oh, I told all them, like, if he needs a good people, there's a Mo. He can contact Mo if you need any help. And that's how it was. All this, like, little connections that make it make it to work. But Mo, actually, yeah, we were, like, uh, like Daniel said, uh, we were just, like, a tool to make it all work. Like, untold stories, like, a little bit, like, uh, things, uh, Make make it all work, you know. Because Mo no. Mo is a fan. Mo is a fan of sport of like no matter where you're from, Brazil, Korea, Russia, like uh, uh whatever Africa. He likes like uh, MMA. So if you're a great MMA fighter or just a you know uh, athlete, he will help you if you if you need any help. And Mo he used to he used to come to Russia. That's how we met actually. And he went to Dagestan himself so he knows how tough those people are how they train and what they do and he he like hey yeah i know him g he's like he's a great fighter he will grow into the athlete that will champion i know i know something special in him and we were talking about that every day and then uh they contacted mo uh them, them site contacted mo and uh that's how it all that's how it was but daniel Definitely uh, made a lot of influence into Habib because I was in Russia. I mean, I was in the U.S. myself. But when I went there, I spoke English already. And I knew people that I was going to. I knew, like, uh, coaches that would invite me. So I was I was feeling okay there because, you know, when, it, when somebody invites you, it's better than you just going yourself, right? And when uh, Habib went there, pretty, Mo knew Daniel and Sean uh, Bunch. Because they're all close. They were helping him. And they knew that he's from Russia. And they've been to Russia. So it's kind of making bring him a little closer, you know. Instead of just like, you coming from nowhere. But uh, that's how great people are, you know. They're great people. Man, Daniel, Bunch, King Mo, you know. They're great people. That's why they brought him in and helped him to, to get into their environment. When was the first time you met Habib? Um... It was like uh, I think back then somewhere in can I remember the the the, the exact town because you know uh, I met too many people like uh, to uh, like uh, I've been to many tournaments and uh, met too many people but I'm not sure when uh, was the first time but last year at the UFC when uh, Islam fought some uh, Armenian in St. Petersburg in Russia mm -hmm. so Javier Mendes. Uh, Habib coach from AKA, he was coming to Russia in a corner Islam. And uh, so when I arrived to the hotel, um, there was a situation when uh, Habib father and uh, Javier were just talking to each other, trying to uh, use a translator. They were using like a phone. I was like, man, what it is? Like nobody helping him? So I just went in. I knew, I knew Javier. And we just started talking. So I was just using like my English skills to just translate between them, and that's how the conversation was so great for them, man. Like they were, because I went to a hotel to support, uh, you know, um, 
the Pavlovich, Sergey Pavlovich, the UFC mm-hmm. fighter, heavyweight. He fought there. I came out to support him, and I, I seen a situation where people just speak in different languages, but just trying to communicate with each other. So I was like, it's not right. So I just went in and started helping them. So we just, you know, it's it's great to uh, be that the person that can, uh, you know, help when uh, nobody can help others, you know. It's great to see that, you know, that you go out there out of your way to help people. Right. You know what I mean? Because you don't see a lot of that around the world. You know, everybody's just worried about themselves and they're just doing, they're they're going in their own little journey and their own little way and they're not worried about somebody else. So, but uh, let's talk about uh, Team Thirsty, man. Like, what, what's Team Thirsty? Team Thirsty, that's Team Thirsty. That's <laughs> a sign of Team Thirsty. Back then, uh, when I was wrestling and, uh, so when Mo wrestled, I think, I think the original Team Thirsty was Mo, Daniel, and Sean Bunch. It's when they wrestled. That was just a thirsty life, like thirsty for, you know, getting out there and uh, getting something in life. You know, either it's a business, either it's a, uh, you know, MMA, wrestling or something. Just staying thirsty, which is like getting out there, um, winning, you know, just achieving something and making money, you know, because... That's what it's all about. It's like Mo saying, you know, I don't care about weight class. I worry about money. So if you pay me because when I'm done training and wrestling and fighting, nobody's going to care about me, right? So I just work here by myself. And so other people, a part of Team Thirsty were, I think it was uh, King Mo, Daniel, Sean Bunch. Uh, there was uh, Santana Slack, Shannon Slack. It was a used to build or fighter. Uh, there was Rashad Evans. Uh, there was a uh, Jamil Kelly, silver medalist at the Olympics, 2004. Jamil Kelly, he he's not was doing MMA. He was just uh, he's coaching right now at college, and uh, myself, a part of Team Thirsty Russia. <laughs> yeah, so Dude, man, like nobody yeah. back then, nobody knows. Even now, not many people know about the team. But that was a team of champions, actually. And uh, me, because like you said, you know, not many people are helping these days, right? But uh, that's why me. Daniel and those guys look close because we're just the same type of people. If you if you're not gonna help, if you see the people struggling and you're not gonna help them, you're other people, right? So you're just other type of people. You're not gonna be a part of us. But that's why we got so together because we got the same mindset. Definitely. Well, that that is a crazy lineup, all star lineup, championship lineup. Uh, King Mo he retired not too long ago, but he's right. done so much in the sport. I think a lot of people underestimate his achievements don't you think in mma yeah yeah i mean like uh he was triforce champ beating gegger musashi on his mm-hmm. second six six fight he was just like a uh, young fresh in mma already beating this guy but then he had the surgery acl sur- surgery and um through the surgery doctors got into him staph infection because he was just like uh, almost dying back then, losing weight and uh, too many surgeries. So after that, he couldn't fight like for a year and a half, I think. And he told me, hey, gee, I couldn't fight like my best for two years. He won a Grand Prix belt or being not in his best shape. And I think the staph infection took a lot of energy and life from him, to tell you the truth. Because like you just mentioned, man, I think he was one of like a, prospects in the world of MMA and if not the injury he would be the like a UFC champ I think because that's how he was he's 
wrestling level is the highest level for MMA, man. He's striking. He loves boxing, and he's it's into him. You, you see, not many fighters these days, even wrestlers, can train boxing. You agree with that? There's not many out there that are very good at boxing. Yes. Right. They could be good wrestlers, but when they when they uh, box, it's something like not uh, like a natural to them, right? Mm -hmm. But Daniel and Mo, they're both good good boxers, and uh, they Mo is trained with Mayweather, Jeff Mayweather, in Vegas. He loved it. He he got his uh, level to very high, but his injuries, too many injuries. He's like, I have more than 40, 40 surgeries through his career, man, I think. But yeah, he's a great people because like even Eric Hawani, he mentioned once the Mo is one of my best interviewers to talk to people. <laughs> That's how great, great, great people Mo is, you know. But yeah, he could be even greater and achieve more wins in uh, in uh, in his career. Yeah, he's very entertaining and uh yeah, he he's a guy that fought three different weight classes and was successful in three different weight classes. You know, he went to the Ryzen Grand Prix heavyweight, yep. open weight, won that thing. And like you said, he right. had a lot of injuries, but he still was very successful. And nowadays fans, new fans, they don't remember that. And Mo, yeah. I think he, he's going to be a great coach now. I think a lot of people well, will probably remember him for coaching. People even in Russia, when I tell people about Mo here, they're like, who that is? Who cares about Mo? But, man, people that know, like like he always saying, fans don't care about sport. Even these days, look, there's a coronavirus around the world, but the fans still hating on Habib because he's like kind of turning down the fight with uh, Ferguson, right? But, mm -hmm. man, these people sick and dying like every day, and the fans still want to show because they don't care about fighters, man. And same with Mo. If you ever wrestled or fought, you know about injuries. You know about like all the hard work and uh, all these little things that come into the game. And people just, fans, not always be respectful to fighters, man. Yeah, def that's definitely true. Now, let's go move on to the MMA scene in Russia. And, and what is the impact of the coronavirus for, for, the, for the sport out there? Um, everything canceled. There should be ACA tournament. Uh, that was uh, Vader's brother should have fought with uh, Maga Ismailov, with main fight that got canceled. There's the RCC show where uh, Alexander Shlemenko should have fought in main card got canceled. And there were that's where uh, you know I do a little bit side of management for fighters now. And there was my boy Trevin Jones uh, should have fought in the RCC with uh, their fighter. But the show got canceled, so, you know. And there was a fight night show. So all the pretty much top shows got canceled and moved to a later date because of this coronavirus. And so the fighters right now, they just pretty much have no jobs. But they just all they have is to, just to train and wait till the situations get better and when they have an opportunity to fight again. On the management side of things, who are some of the fighters? You mentioned Trevin Jones. I know him. I've interviewed him before. Who else do you got oh, really? on the, in the lineup? Yeah. So I do part of with uh, upgrade management. You know, upgrade management with uh, Julian Gregorio. Uh, he managed uh, people like uh, Brian Ortega, uh, Dominic uh, Reyes. Uh, you know, light heavyweight UFC contender. So he's doing a part of management with them, and um, so. I got in with him, uh, take care of the Russian market. 
So we just uh, get into the business right now. Trevin Jones, because I, I met Trevin uh, when uh, I went to ACA tournament once in Russia. So we met, got it, got the same line, uh, understand each other, and we got him in, taking care, helping him. So there's other people like in Russia. There's like not many, uh, not many known yet people that are uh, uh, here in Russia. But um, we're we're trying to get them grow, and there's many people in the U.S. But they're not like superstars yet. But there's a list of people that we're helping, and you'll hear about this soon, man. Yeah, you think Russia and and Dagestan and 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 you know Kazakhstan and all those places around that area, you know, in in Europe, there's so much talent. It you know sports is so deep in the culture. To where it's like there's so many guys probably out there that we don't even never even heard about, but they're they probably have ridiculous records, ridiculously talented, and your job is to find those guys and and bring them to the UFC right. PFL. You know what what promotions interest you the most? You know PFL seems like they they like to bring the Russians in, and a million dollars who doesn't want that? Great. So um, how do we pick them? Um, it's not about just the big fighters because, like I said, I wrestled myself. I know the game. Uh, and uh, my coach in the U.S., Travis Paulson, uh, he told me once, hey, if you want to be the champ, don't tell me, but show me. Mm-hmm. What, what show me means how do you sleep? How do you eat? How do you train? Do you watch film? Do you watch like any like additional into your game things? Like what do you do? Because most of the fighters just saying, I want to I want to be the champ, I want to fight. But when you offer a fight, because there's a like organization like GFC, like Guerrilla Fighting Championships, mm-hmm. they were offering me, asking me for fighters, and offered them fights, a couple of fighters. And then fighters, like, they were like, hey, one of the fighters, like three weeks, I was like, no, nah, it is not enough. I was like, what do you mean it's not enough? You're not signed nowhere. You don't have any contract in your hands. How do you pick fights, man? You got to, if you train, those fighters stay in the gym full time. I was like, you train full time and I offer you a fight now. What do you else do you know on? Man, this this is people like, they're saying, I want to be the champ, I want to fight. But when you offer them fights, they just start like, a, like watching the sides and just fighting something, excuses, you know? And through friends, you know, man, there's people contacting me. It's like, hey, do you have an opportunity to sign him somewhere? I was like, yeah, you know, we, we have connections to Bellator, PFL, UFC, because, you know, Julian from the U.S. side, he knows those people. But uh, it's mostly from uh, knowing each other first, because if you ask me, hey, you like 10 and 0, for example, or 6 and 0, hey, can you sign me somewhere? I was like, hey, let's meet, let's, let's talk first. Let's get, let's get buddies, you know, because I don't know who you are. You know, there's a people like fighters that might be good fighter, but, uh, from as a person, he might be just tricky, you know what I mean? And I don't want to be, a, I want to help people, you know? I don't want to want people tricky, you know? Because in this game, there's sometimes Trevin, who couldn't fight a fight for him like for five or six months, man. Because, you know, Julian was trying to set up a fight for him and something was went wrong, so he was patient to wait. And now we finally almost get a fight for him. We should have signed a contract with RCC, but this coronavirus thing came. So fighters should understand the game. He should understand that if you offer your name to Danny White, for example, or the matchmakers, it's not going to be happening like this. You know, it takes time. 
So the fighter should be smart enough to understand nothing happened overnight. And even if we offer him a deal, it's, it takes time. So it's not like, oh, I got you on my uh, agency, and then the fighter called me every day, where's the fight? That's not a smart move, right? Because yeah. it takes, sometimes it takes time. And like in Russia, there's like ACA, RCC, GFSA, M1, four organizations. But like you just mentioned, how many fighters we have? Thousands and thousands. Yeah. yeah. Just look in Dagestan. Mm -hmm. There's like a, I don't know, man, how many fighters are ready to fight. And with the situation, you know, it's not always working that fast. Because only four organizations in Russia, too many fighters, and only one show, like a 10 fights, so it's like 20 people, right? But too many fights, so it's a, it's a problem, but, uh, you know, fighters have to be patient enough, because today it's not only skills that matters, but how patient you are, how you talk, you, how you talk to managers, how you talk to coaches. If you're just a wild person, you never get fights. Because, you know, when you get to a high level, if you're wild and not smart person, it will show up out of you. So you got to be a smart boss in uh, training and uh, uh, educational enough. Is you know too many things come into it. You know. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Is uh, you got to be you got to live the lifestyle. You can't just be a fighter. You know, fifty percent right. of the time you got to be training and be ready because you're you're an up and comer. You, nobody knows right. you, so you got to right. take those fights and get the wins and rack them up, and that's when you get some some power and some momentum. And that's when your uh, your manager or your management team can can get you into the big shows, right? But without that, you have nothing. You know what I mean? You have nothing. It's just the truth. I think the other thing that have, might be a little problem today, coaches got to be in contact with managers mm. or something like that. Because uh, for me, it's easier because I wrestled, I trained MMA myself. I know the game, but coaches train fighters weirdly sometimes. And then they come to managers telling him, hey, give him fight. I look at him, I was like, man, what about his wrestling? What about this grappling? What about his strength? He's not strong enough. You got to work his strength first, you know? Just got to be that kind of mix to see where the fighter is at right now, at kind of level, and what kind of fighter I might find for him to fight. Because if I find a strong fighter for him, he just get beat, and his confidence will just go down, and he don't want to fight no more. And I think that's the problem. Some fighters just they 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 uh they want to fight, but they don't want to train. And like like example in wrestling, if you're just uh, <clears throat> a wrestler, you know you need to train wrestling only. In MMA, you need to train everything: grappling, wrestling, kickboxing, boxing, like you know. But uh, fighters, they has to be wild open to uh, get information. Uh, Mix it, see what the good for them. Throw everything away that don't need it, and just only stay with the, what you need for you. You know, because every fighter is a unique fighter. Like everything that work for you might not work for me. You know. So, moving forward, are you getting deeper and deeper into the management side of things? Is that what your goal is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing that. Um, so we're also doing. Uh, uh, sponsorship stuff. Not every management these days doing uh, sponsorships, but we do in uh, working uh, towards that direction uh, with the closing company and uh, just supplements, just a bunch of other stuff, whatever could help. And that's important because some fighters that they have no fights, 
they need some money or at least gear or some supplements to to live by these days whenever they don't make money right and so we took we make we're moving towards that side as well but there's like i said fighters like you mentioned you got to grow your record first right to people know who you are but there's fighters that just starting and asking for sponsorship we just like hey we can give you gear or give you like a supplements so that you, you people know who you are a little bit they're like nah give me money I was like, man, what do you need the money? How are they going to pay you? Nobody knows who you are. People know who you are first, who, who's behind you, what kind of people around you, like uh, how many fights and wins do you have. Just grow yourself. It takes time, like you mentioned. I agree with you, man. Man, that's uh, that you gotta, sometimes you got to guide them. That's why managers are there. You got to guide these young, young up-and-coming fighters and show them the, right. the way, and, and hopefully they realize it before it's too late you know because you've seen a lot of guys probably in the past where they were guided uh, the wrong way and they could have been a ufc champion probably but now they're just sitting in some gym training just like a regular you know mid-level fighter so yeah it's just it's 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 a tough game like you said there's thousands of yeah. fighters just in dagestan alone yeah. which yeah, is like crazy said, man, competition i i agree with the there's the fighters i know personally they fought with that management stuff for too many fights and they were winning, but their record is too big right now. Mm-hmm. So they're just like uh, fought some low, low known, known people. Mm-hmm. People don't know who they are. And whenever they want to sign somewhere, nobody cares who they fought like because nobody knows those people. That's why it's important to get you in a low level in a, in a start of process and uh, get you good fights, good organizations. You might have four and five and zero, oh and get to somewhere like a, my boy Duran Win, uh, UFC middleweight. You know Duran Win, right? The name yeah. trained with us. Daniel, we used to train with him in uh, in Iowa. We were teammates, we're close friends now, and he he got to UFC being five and zero. Oh. There's the people that like fifteen and zero, oh, not in UFC because the wrong management, wrong people around them, but you know. That's that's a part of the game, you know. Now that you're not picking your parents, and you're not always picking the management and uh, environment around you in your early years, right? All right, G. Uh, man, appreciate the time, man. It's uh, good chopping it up with you. I'm gonna get you sure. back on when the coronavirus is over, and we could talk about your uh, your guys that you're bringing up, and maybe they got some fights coming. Who knows what's right. gonna happen? Um, yeah, man. Thank you so much for the time. Yep. All right, man. Team Thirsty, man. Represent. Shout out King <laughs> Mo and Daniel Cormier. Sean Bunch and all the team Thursday and everything. Hope everyone stay healthy and we'll get through this coronavirus, you know, and get to next level after everything gets well. 